Just run the ball with Cam Opachowski. What's going on, everybody? We just finished up week seven of NFL football. So we got some games we're going to talk about. This was big blowout week. There were a lot of different blowouts, some of them expected, some of them not expected, but not a ton of close games. So we're going to talk about some of those. We're going to talk about some that were closer than we thought and, you know, some of these upsets. So to start off, we're going to start with one of the one o'clock games, Titans beating the Chiefs 27 to three. This was obviously not expected. I personally took the Titans over this one. I liked them over the Chiefs, but I thought it would be a very high scoring, close game. You know, the over was set pretty high. I thought it would exceed that with pretty bad defenses, but Titans scored 27 and that's all they needed because the Chiefs only had three. Mahomes didn't have a touchdown. Chiefs did really bad. So this brings them under 500 and a lot more question marks to a team that's already had some problems this year. So Tom Hines, you losing hope in the Chiefs and Mahomes. You think they're going to bounce back or I, I don't know what they have to do or what's going on here. Yeah, I got to say, I'm, I'm starting to lose a little bit of uh, faith. Um, in my opinion, what's happening is the defense is just terrible. And uh, Mahomes and their offense are trying to overcompensate for this defense. They're taking a ton of deep shots every possession. They can't really establish a run game. It's just it's not it's not pretty to look at. And if if they're going to compete at a high level, they need to stop letting up points, and they need to have more control and go for more moderate plays on offense instead of throwing those deep balls. So they have to be careful to not get behind too much, or they're just going to fall right back in the same cycle of just throwing balls up in the air. Yeah, and I just think they've been so good for a while, too. They, they're they getting figured out, and they they have Andy Reid. He's a good coach. They have Mahomes. He's a smart quarterback. I, I don't know what it is, but I think stuff needs to be changed. You're seeing Tyreek Hill is getting less action. He's trying to use other wide receivers. Kelsey's, you know, back to kind of human level. Still a great tight end, but not what he used to be. So what do you think, like, what do you think the main problem is right now that why they're struggling? I think the main problem is, is their defense. I think that they, the chiefs to be successful, they need to establish a sort of play pattern. They need to have a certain element of control. And if, if you're the chiefs and you don't score your first drive, you're suddenly down 14 to nothing. And then you don't really have any option other than scoring points as fast as possible. You can't take your time. You can't, abuse the run game you're just forced to throw deep balls to catch up on this 14 nothing lead because the Chiefs defense can't make any stops so for me until the Chiefs defense makes stops and Patrick Mahomes and the offense starts playing smarter instead of playing hero ball I think if you're expected to win every game too and you're like getting dethroned it's that much worse yeah and, and not to mention there's been a ton of social media backlash not just to Mahomes but his family and just yeah. the Chiefs as a whole so I think they're in a tough spot, both physically and mentally. So I think they need to figure out the mental stuff too. Yeah. 
So we'll move on. I just don't want to take too much time with the game so we can get into uh, the next part after this. But another surprising one, Bengals beat the Ravens 41-17. Once again, pick this one, pick the Bengals, but did not think it would be this bad. So uh, this tells me the Bengals are really good. I still think the Ravens are a good team. I don't think they're bad. It also tells me that if you have Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase, you're you're chilling. You're good. I think you could still pick up Burrow. Uh, whoever has Jamar Chase in your league will not give up Jamar Chase. So you're not going to get him. But Bengals look good. You think they're a legit team? Yeah, I think they're they're yeah, I think they're there. They didn't have much on the run game, which I was a little bit disappointed in for any mixing owners. I was gonna say they that had, too. Yeah, so they had Mixon had 59 yards, and they actually did have um, Perrine with another 52, so 100 yards uh, rushing, which isn't terrible. But in a game like this where you're scoring 41 points, yeah, you know you need a little bit more in the rushing game. But as far as Chase goes, uh, eight catches for 200 yards—that's that's massive. Yeah, um, that's just that's 20 points, just not even including touchdowns or if, if you're in PPR, that's just 20 just in yards. Yeah, which I don't. I think that's is that the most we've seen this year out of a wide receiver. I think Devontae Adams had a few over two hundred, but most um, Jamar Chase is averaging most yards per catch. He's at he's at about twenty, and there's guys up there like Devontae, like Tyreek Hill, and there's are like the mid teens, like fourteen. So he's getting significantly more yards than everyone else per catch. I mean, you see him break away from everyone that like he does that every single game. Yeah, um, I, I'm impressed with with the uh, with the Bengals. They went from being two years ago complete garbage. I mean, like the joke of the league, and yeah. they were able to turn around that fast and become a very good team. Uh, I'm impressed. I, I'm in. I'm, I'm buying in on it. I don't think it's a phase. I think they can be, really be good with Burrow and and Chase leading the way which goes right into the next one with the New York Giants, who won 25-3. to three. So, obviously, the Giants, you know, second win of the year, really heating up, and uh, big things to come. But, unfortunately, everyone gets injured, so that's probably never going to happen. But they did win 25-3. to three. Their defense hasn't looked great. It did, finally, against the Panthers. And what's, what's bigger here, the Giants winning or the Panthers losing? I think the Panthers losing is to me the bigger um, the bigger development because Sam Darnold, I mean, he started the year looking like a, a top ten quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he's he's back to turning the ball over. He's fallen back into his Jets days. I don't know what happened between the first three games and now, but um, it's just the way he played was just inexcusable. He's thrown five picks in the last three games. So they need to figure out something fast or they're not going to go, uh, go any, anywhere basically for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was actually quoted last year. This was pre cod uh, pre, uh, pre podcast. Oh my God, I can't talk, <laughs> but saying that it was the Panthers offense that made Mike Davis good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was, I was on of- that too. I, I thought that, and I still like maybe Chuba's just really, really bad. <laughs> like we, we don't know. He, has, he hasn't played. He hasn't played anywhere else. And or maybe Darnold just can't use him the same way as McCaffrey. And that's yeah, yeah, affecting the offense so much more. Yeah, there's definitely something. I mean, I hope um that 
our guest wasn't wrong that the Panthers are just always an elite running game, kind of similar to the Browns. But mm-hmm. yeah, they just have not been doing anything. And it was this was a big win for the Giants because they've been kind of uh, demoralized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for I, I gotta say, Giants Twitter has been uh, pretty <laughs> yeah. eventful. Uh, for anyone that follows it, they released the Marvel helmet. And I think the top comment was like, uh, return the helmet, superheroes win or something. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> good timing, so though. Yeah, literally. So, yeah, it's good news for the Giants, bad news for the Panthers. Yeah, so the next two we'll get into, we have, you know, you could you could argue pretty much the two biggest locks of the week. Uh, Buccaneers murdered the Bears as well. Another uh, not close one. But Cardinals over Texans. Cardinals did win 31 to five, but as you can explain it, the game didn't really look like that from the beginning. It was spooky. I was, I was pretty concerned. I had the Cardinals as my, my key pick. And I got to tell you after the first quarter, I was getting pretty nervous. They they just didn't show up to play. I mean, did I, I, were you, did you see like the safety and. Oh yeah. And the, how- the Texans were getting to Kyler and it was, you know, you could see them spinning around and usually when you see that you know like he'll spin start to run and just kind of you know like like everyone says it looks like a kid grabbing a cookie from the cookie jar and running away um you know at (laughs) five nine five ten whatever but he he was doing that and getting tripped up and usually he runs out and you know he's got those speedy legs going but he just he was getting sacked he was getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage and they just they had his number and the first the first quarter for him was was tough. Houston played really well that first quarter. Yeah, they they held uh, Arizona to zero points in the first quarter, mm-hmm. um, which is impressive considering that they were either, if not the number one, the number two offense. I think going into it, right? Or do I have yeah. that? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um. So I I, I don't know exactly, but it, like they've got they're up there. <laughs> they're, they're at least they're, they're undefeated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it was looking pretty spooky from the start. Um, but then obviously, um, all the luck ran out, I guess, for the Texans. And then Mm -hmm. they put up, let's see, one, two, three, four unanswered touchdowns and a field goal. Yeah. (laughs) That pretty much seals the fate. They they exhausted all their efforts in the first quarter. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, we just want to embarrass them for a quarter and then that'll be the moral, the, the moral win. But yeah, so that, you know, didn't end surprisingly, but kind of started surprisingly and like I said the other one too the Rams Lions started the same way the Lions were killing them and they they had trick play after trick play and it was actually if I don't know how much of this game you watch it was on later so uh watching red zone they showed it a little more but they in those uh in their first drive I believe or second drive they had it was the fake punt and Oh, what was the other one? They went forward on the onside kick. The onside kick. That was it. Yeah. And those like yeah. those plays just never work. And especially the Lions, like nothing ever works for them. So the fact that they did that, got that momentum, and even got a stop early, too. They were, you know, th- this was more than the first quarter, though. This was almost the first half where they were playing really well. They went into the half. It was a close game. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly who was up, but it was a two or three point game. And they really held their own. They won or they lost by nine, whatever. The Rams are a really good team. 
no one really thought the Lions were going to win. But, yeah, they they played really well to start the game. I was surprised. Yeah, so they had – so, yes, yeah, so they had the two punts, one in the beginning – or fake punts, one in the beginning, one in the end. Um, and then they had the onside kick. And if I don't know if you if you saw the the Jared Goff wink at the Rams sideline. When yeah, they were I, I, I did, yeah. He must have been – for those trick plays to have worked, he must have been spilling some Rams uh, special team secrets. Right. Um, but that was pretty funny. To, to, even though it didn't last through the end of the game, I'm, I'm glad, glad to see that uh, Goff got a little bit of payback um, on the team that dumped him on the Lions. <laughs> yeah, he, he deserved that, and he did well. Like I said, it's, it's one of those where it's not going to be a win in the books, but you can't be unhappy with – how that worked and especially those plays too like those plays never work and they they did that so there was honestly a bunch of really good ones you know we had quarterback Derrick Henry throwing a touchdown at the five yard line uh I thought there was there was one more uh there was it was on the Patriots I think it was um was it some was it a jet sweep or no, it was a it was a wide receiver touchdown pass. Let me hold on. I can and uh the Giants too. Daniel Jones caught that pass. <laughs> yeah, tons of trick plays this week, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, I think you know, if you're a if you're a lower was, down uh, team, you have born. nothing to lose. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um yeah. through the touchdown pass in the in their fifty-four to thirteen blowout. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so there were, like we said, a lot of blowouts. And some upsets too, but I will transition into this next part. You know, we want to do the buy, sell, drop section. So let me start off with someone. This is obviously you're not going to drop, but I want to know what you think of Mike Evans. Three touchdown game. Obviously, Mike Evans has been up and down, scored 31 this week, scored 4.7 last week. How high are you on Mike Evans right now? At this point, I have to say I'm, I'm pretty much treating all three Bucks receivers as the same person. Yeah. It's just it's it's like the, it's the exact same thing as the Steelers last year. Yeah. Um. It's just you, you start one and you pray that Tom Brady like blesses you with a couple touchdowns. Right. Um. They're they're all performing so similar where they'll have a couple games where they get a few touchdowns and then they'll have a bad game where the other two kind of outperform. So it's just luck at this point for me. Um, I, I think I'd say Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin are all pretty much equals in my eyes. I don't, do you have a, a slight preference between the three of them, or do you agree with the equal? Yeah, so Mike Evans has definitely put up the highest numbers, I would say, most frequently, but he's also put up the lowest. He has games with 4.7, 5.4. So I'm not going to say I don't like Mike Evans, but I think I think out of the value – of drafting Antonio Brown to me is the one who's by far exceeded expectation. So I don't yeah, know definitely because Godwin was going, I think third round or second round. Yeah. So. Same, same with Evans. Yeah. They were, they were right around there. And you know, Brown's like, I, he was, I think most people that drafted him, he was on their bench too. Yeah, I think so. I think he was probably, if, if I had to guess the fourth or fifth wide receiver yeah. uh, taken for a team. <clears throat> But yeah, so that was just kind of my thing on Mike Evans. I wanted to see, I don't know if you had huge value and um, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't have to spend a ton of time, but quick thoughts on Calvin Ridley and Darren Waller. Um, I personally 
like them for buying. I know Calvin Ridley hasn't been that top five wide receiver we've been expecting, but I think if you can get, you know, kind of a lower guy, maybe not that like scoring about the same points, like Calvin Ridley is currently, like I said, you know, drafted top five, currently averaging 14 points. If you can, you know, get him for someone who's averaging like 18 points or so, like if you could trade DJ Moore for him, I would do that. Uh, do you like, do you like Ridley or are you not really sold on him? Do you think he's just kind of going to coast like this, you know, around 14, 15 points? Uh, I'm not that sold on him. And the reason being is that I haven't, we haven't really seen good Ridley since Julio left. I think that having Julio on the team really gave Ridley that boost he needed. They took a lot of pressure off of him in the secondary. So I, I wouldn't trade for him yet. I'm still waiting to see him kind of blossom on his own without kind of living in the shadow of Julio. But what about when so, Julio was injured and he still did? Well? Good, <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. Um, poking a hole in my logic. I just, I, I don't, I haven't seen the same flair from him that I saw last season. And mm-hmm. For that reason, I'm out. Versus you, you mentioned a guy like Moore. Um, I actually do like buying buying him at the moment um, because Darnold had a bad week, and you it's basically a bet saying that Darnold is going to start performing again. Because if you look at Moore in the first few weeks, he's putting up 20 points. Mm-hmm. You're looking at these last few weeks, he's putting up 10. So, do you think? Basically, the gamble is: Do you think he's gonna do better? But for in terms of Ridley, I'm I'm out or not out. I shouldn't say because out sounds kind of bad. I'm a wait on Ridley. I actually, interesting enough, the DJ Moore thing. I was kind of just looking quick at people that were similar. I am also high on DJ Moore. I prefer Ridley, is what I was saying. But uh, I agree. Yeah. I think with Darnold being so bad and DJ Moore starting so good, Darnold can't. Darnell can't do much worse than he is right now and still be the starter. So I, like I said, I prefer Ridley over more, but I do really like more. I think he has good value. And even with Darnell doing bad, you know, like last week he had 13 points. Yeah, that's not great, but you also drafted him a lot lower than the PRK thinking he's going to be the PRK nine. Exactly. And then speaking of, of good wide receivers, uh, Marvin Jones, Jr. I'm in, I want him uh, for me. He's a buy. Yeah, I, I like him too. I think I, you know, if you're, if you gave us listens in the beginning of the season, I was high on him. I thought he would take over as the number one wide receiver. Would you agree he's the number one on that team right now? He is now because my, my top pick was Chark and he's out for the year. I so still didn't me, love Chark though. That's just yeah, me, but. I mean, I, I'm kind of biased because I had him on my fantasy team and he got me a couple key wins. Yeah. But for me, Marvin Jones is now the, the, the clear one, especially with the Jags now, hopefully, big asterisk on this one, heating up. I, I say that. <laughs> heating say up that. for them, yeah, is average. <laughs> yeah. Playing like an average football team. Top yeah. 25. <laughs> Literally, yeah, not garbage. Um, for me, if anyone's going to get that, get those uh, touches, it's going to be Marvin Jones Jr. I mean, yeah. Lawrence needs somebody to throw to, and he's the guy at this point. Yeah. I, I like him. I think he will continue to do well. And he's someone, a few guys I have here that I'm not happy with, Allen Robinson, Odell. I know these yeah. are big names that you're not going to drop. These, yeah. yeah, you're not going to drop these guys, but 
I would take Marvin Jones right now over two of them, which sounds ridiculous. And I'm getting to not yet. I don't want to completely discount it. I'm getting to Julio too, that I would put behind Marvin Jones. The reason I'm not completely giving up on Julio yet is because of the amount of injuries he's had, the amount of injuries AJ Brown has had, which has affected the offense. You know, they're, they're the two best guys by far. If AJ Brown doesn't play, Julio's getting covered hard, vice versa. So I'm not, I want to see one more game with both of them. And if he still doesn't do anything without an injury, then I'm going to give up on him. Allen Robinson and Odell, I'm officially out on. I still think Odell has the big play potential and week to week may be a good play. But Allen Robinson, I just don't think he's dropped right for me. I, I just don't think he's drop. going to have a good week. There's there's no reason to think so. Yeah, I'm I'm one bye week or one injury, even a defense, and one bad defense <laughs> yeah. matchup away from dropping um, yeah. Robinson. He's just been terrible. He's averaging seven points. He hasn't got over ten points since week two. I mean, it's just awful. And I keep putting him in my lineup, thinking like, "Oh, this is it. This is the week. The Bears are finally gonna do stuff." And then it just doesn't. <laughs> it's just been terrible. The the offense is so bad. I the reason I wouldn't drop him yet is because I want to see what it looks like with Montgomery back because. Montgomery and Fields haven't played together that much. They were using Andy Dalton. And Fields is so streaky. He's had some okay games. So I'm I'm waiting until Montgomery comes back, but I'm not starting Robinson at all. There's so many guys. You know, like I said, Marvin Jones. Think about where he was drafted and think about where Robinson was drafted. I'm taking Marvin Jones over him right now, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's not even a close question. If someone sent me a trade – for Allen Robinson and Marvin Jones straight up, I'd be, I would consider that a fleece on, on my part. Yeah. That's yeah. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. So another, well, I shouldn't say I'm not high on another guy that has kind of been a disappointment, Robbie Anderson on the Panthers. I don't know if it's DJ Moore getting better, Robbie Anderson getting worse, Robbie Anderson, not getting attention, but is this anyone that you think should be on a roster? I mean, he's averaging more points, I think, than Allen Robinson, believe it or not. Um, but no, for, for me, I'm, I'm with you. He's an out. I don't understand because I actually thought that the old Jets connection would have been kind of familiar for Darnold. He's That's got it, a guy yeah. that he's played with before. Good point. But yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm out. Um, I just think it's crazy, too. This is one of those where Anderson, like Robbie Anderson was probably drafted before DJ Moore in some drafts because he was really good last year and they were close. It was really hard to tell. And it's the same thing, pretty much identical to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, where Ayuk was slightly favored. I saw Ayuk in a lot of flexes. I personally got Debo as one of my first bench guys, was not in my starting lineup, so probably wide receiver four. But it was the same thing. People were really high on Ayuk, a little bit lower on Debo, but drafted around the same place. I, that's pretty much what happened here. I think Anderson went before uh, before DJ Moore in some drafts. And looking at that now, it's insane. They're not even close. You can't even start the guy. Yeah, I just checked our league, and uh, Moore actually went a little bit before. So Moore ended up going 61st, and uh, Anderson went 70. Okay. So nine picks in between the two of them. Right. And for one guy that's a wide receiver too, and one guy that 
is probably not on your roster anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so definitely, yeah, I complete agreement with you on that one. Um, And kind of on uh, more, I'll do one more negative. I'm going to steal the last negative guy from you if you don't mind. Sure, go for it. Uh, Dearness Johnson. And I know he had a great week, 100 plus rushing yards in his first like NFL start. Chubb's back is is the hard truth, and if it was if it was Hunt coming back, I'd be in on Johnson because Johnson would take up kind of Chubb's role as the rusher, and Hunt could still catch the passes, but Chubb can't catch passes. So for me, he doesn't know see. how. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he never learns. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he skipped that week of training camp and yeah. just. Uh, focused on the rush game instead but for me chubb's gonna take all the rushing opportunities and i could be wrong maybe johnson like has some hands maybe he's gonna gonna be good in that receiving uh area because he's definitely gonna be i think forced into playing receiving Mm -hmm. so don't be surprised if if he if you see a lot of dropped passes i guess is my um my warning so would you start him at all or no i personally wouldn't but I, I have more depth in running back than I do in wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So just like kind of as an example, I'm starting Patterson, Jacobs, and Eckler over him. Um, so three guys that I think are better. But uh, I can just go through and pull up another team here that I would that I would start him on. Um, let's see here. How about this one? Uh, Kenyon Drake and Naeem Hines are two starting running backs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think uh they had harris on a buy there but so for <laughs> it would be starting i would start him over Kenyon drake i think that's that's a safe bet mm-hmm. yeah but i wouldn't expect him to get another 100 yard rushing week yeah i'm kind of on the fence about him i don't have strong opinions either way i see what you're saying i he also i don't know it, it was hard to tell because he was really the only guy he only caught two passes, so you don't really know if he will be good at catching passes or not. I like him flex or RB fill-in. I, I'm not down on him, but I think you need to change your expectations if they're what he did the last night. I think he could get you 10 to 12 points, but I agree. If Kareem was back, it would be different. Chubb's back and based on how he played last week that's the same play style as Chubb exactly yeah so for me it's it's going to be uh a lower so anyways who get who do you have on the positive note here we've been kind of smashing up players yeah yeah and making so, fun of rosters so what do you have for positives so I have Chase Edmonds for me I don't know where you're gonna pick him which is kind of why figured I'd bring him up because I'm curious to see what you have to say but Chase Edmonds has been someone that I was positive about early on. I really liked him. Started with 14, 12, 14, 18, but that's taken a dip to four, eight, and 10. He's on, like we said, one of the best offenses in football. He's got James Conner, who's going to score every single touchdown in the red zone. And, you know, I, I like Kenyon Drake. He currently is the PRK 19. He's drafted... He was drafted as an RB2 or flex, and he doesn't have a touchdown this year, which 
is crazy to me, but he has 27 receptions. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. I really like Chase Edmonds. I think he's, he's remind, he reminds me of like the Chris Carson value where you're very consistent, you know, not going to, and this is older Chris Carson this year. It's been different, but not going to get a ton of points, but you know, has that good value, maybe even like a better James White too. Right now he's averaging about 12 points, but like I said, first few games started off hot. You like Chase Edmonds. Would you go buy Chase Edmonds? Would you trade him or what do you think? I like him as a safe, like you said, safe flex, safe, maybe low-end RB2 option. Mm -hmm. At this point, I can safely say that he's going to get 10 points. Yeah. He's kind of like, it's not as bad as the Ravens. He's like the kind of guy that Kyler does the options with. And then if Kyler doesn't want the ball, then Edmonds gets it. I like him yeah. and, and uh, honorable mention, Miles Gaskin. I am warming up to, we'll see how he does. I know I kind of ripped the Dolphins running backs last week, but two has been pretty good too. So that offense I think has a chance. But if you're getting the ball 15, 20 times a game, like you're going to have to do well eventually. So that's kind of where I'm yes. hoping here. Yeah, he is the guy, which is, I yeah. mean, if you have a running back that is the only starter for the team, that, that just has value just no matter how bad they are. That's just because Chase Edmonds isn't even like the touchdown guy. He's the reception guy, and he shares a lot of time right. with James Conner. Miles Gaskin dominates the Dolphins more than Chase does. That's who we have for this week. Let us know what you think. Post the results for the game so you guys can all see that I won, and uh, we'll keep you updated with everything. Hey, welcome to the spa. I'm Chase. I'll be doing all your body butters and light touching. 